Get ready for the Synthesizer Library podcast. Because, let's face it, synthesizers are just cool. Well, welcome to the Synthesizer Library podcast. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. This is where we talk about all things synthesizer. And my name is Adam Anderson. I'm the host of the show. And yeah, let's get started. First of all, uh, I wanted to mention that I've added a lot of synthesizers recently to the companion website to this podcast, synthlib.com. And it's where you can go and upload patches for your favorite synthesizer, something that maybe you're an expert in, or maybe you're not an expert in and you're looking for help with programming certain synthesizers. Hopefully everybody gets involved and starts uploading patches. And I had previously gone under the impression that I should have the one field for every parameter in every synthesizer. And I do plan to do that, but right now I just want to get things rolling. So I've added a whole lot of synthesizers and I'm just going to allow people to upload system exclusive files and sound files. So if you have those for particular synthesizers, go ahead and start uploading. Now, before we get into today's topic, I want to do another Twitter experiment. Since you guys are pretty good at making things happen, I want to see if we can get somebody out there, somebody specific, to follow Synthlib on Twitter. And here's what I want to do. This is a little bit crazy, I know. But anyway, so there's this thing called the Fret Wire. It's a place where you can order kits to build your own guitar. And I want to see if we can get the Fret Wire to follow Synthlib. Now, it shouldn't be too hard because honestly, the Fret Wire is my brother and my real brother and I could get him to follow me if I just called him up and said hey follow me but let's have a little fun with it I want to see if we can shame him into following his own brother synthlib on twitter so tweet something to at the fretwire and say hey why don't you follow your brother at synthlib and uh, maybe add some comments Be, be nice though he's a good guy And if you want to check out his guitar kits, this is an unsolicited advertisement because I don't have any paid advertisements just yet. Um, But yeah, you can check out thefretwire.com and if, when he follows me, I'll make sure that he puts out a coupon code to the Synthlib listeners and um, yeah, we'll make something happen if you want to have a discount on a new guitar kit. They're pretty fun. I built one, a seven string model with my son a few months ago and we had a good time building it. So there's that. A little bit of a distraction, kind of convoluted, I know, but let's go with it. All right. So let's dive into today's topic, or well, this month's topic, I guess. Let's talk about frequency modulation or FM synthesis. A few months back, we talked about amplitude modulation. And this topic today, frequency modulation, is sort of related. So let's review a little bit what we covered with amplitude modulation. With with amplitude modulation, or AM, we're going to take the oscillator and modulate or vary its amplitude over time, which is what we perceive as being the volume of that waveform. So at a relatively slow rate of change with maybe a LFO, low frequency oscillator, changing the amplitude of some signal, it sounds like tremolo. Um, 
But then we talked about how when you speed it up so that the change is happening in the audio range, sidebands start to appear, which is some frequency above and some frequency below the original signal that add this inharmonic texture to the sound. Frequency modulation is similar in that what we're changing over time is not the, the amplitude or, or the, what we perceive to be the loudness of the signal. We're changing the frequency, which is what we perceive to be the pitch of a given oscillator. And just like with amplitude modulation, if we're changing the frequency or the pitch of an oscillator at a relatively slow rate, then it starts to either sound like vibrato, like the lady in church who has too much vibrato, or it sounds like a trill where you're playing two notes back and forth. Uh, it really depends on which type of waveform you're using to modulate or change that frequency. If you're using something smooth like a sine wave or even a triangle wave, it'd probably sound like vibrato. If you're using something like a square or a rectangle wave, it's going to sound more like a trill where the notes are, they sound like notes, where the frequencies are changing um, just kind of back and forth suddenly instead of a nice smooth change. So let's hear some of those examples. Now this is not exactly what FM synthesis is about, but it's in my mind it's where you need to start in order to get into what FM actually is. So here is a saw wave and I'm going to bring in some modulation, some really slow triangle wave based modulation so it should sound like vibrato, something very simple. Now, that was on the Moog Mother 32 that we covered a few months back. And you could tell that there's that I brought in the amount of frequency modulation, but I kept the speed of the LFO that's modulating that frequency at a constant. Now, let's hear what it sounds like when I do the opposite. This time, I'm going to um, keep the amount of frequency modulation the same and increase the speed of that LFO that's modulating the pitch. Something more interesting starting to happen. But before we get into what that actually is, I want to do the same thing with a square wave. I should mention the square wave was the wave doing the modulation. Um, the, the original waveform that's being modulated in this case is still just a saw wave with a, a little bit of filtering going on so it's not too bright in your headphones. All right, let's try to figure out what's going on here. So we take the original waveform and we start to modulate its pitch so fast that sidebands start to appear just like what happened with amplitude modulation. Except with frequency modulation, 
we end up with a whole lot more um, sets of sidebands above and below the original carrier frequency. And in my research for this episode, I found the formula to calculate all the different frequencies. Thought about going into it, but I think it's just too much. We don't really need to get into it um, in this kind of format. But um, just know that there's a lot more frequencies that are generated with frequency modulation than there is with amplitude modulation. Hopefully you noticed in those examples that the tone starts to sound sort of metallic. And that's because of the relationship between the sidebands and the carrier frequency. We saw this with amplitude modulation as well. But the reason is, is um, when we look at a, a single frequency and it has all sorts of these harmonic frequencies, we've talked about this in the past, uh, those make up the timbre of the sound. But usually, well, always, those frequencies, those overtones, are related in some way to that original frequency. Usually, it's either an octave, a part, several octaves as it goes up. Maybe there's fifths involved. But um, they're, somewhat, they're in some way mathematically related. Well, in frequency modulation that relationship gets a little bit blurred. So they, the extra overtones or harmonics don't sound necessarily like they belong to that original. They're not part of the same family as that original frequency. And it's that sort of unrelated sound that makes it sound random and gives it that bell-like metallic sound. So that's why some when you think of frequency modulation sounds, FM sounds, a lot of times you think about things that sound a little bit metallic. So obviously, once you turn up the speed of the LFO on the Mother 32, it does start to enter the audible range. Um, but most of the time with frequency modulation, you're using some other oscillator that's already in the audible range to modulate that frequency. So let's look at some examples where we're not using an LFO, we're just using another oscillator to change the frequency. And usually you would use something sort of simple to perform that modulation, a sine wave or a triangle or a saw, but probably not some complex sampled wave or something like that. But you could, but the, the sideband frequencies that you would end up with would probably be so random they'd be unusable. Okay, kind of similar to what we did before. Here we've got two sine waves, and they're actually tuned a fifth apart. But I'm just going to play just the first one, the first, the main carrier sine wave, uh, and then I'm going to bring in some frequency modulation slowly, which is uh, based on the other sine wave that's tuned actually down a fifth. <laughs> modulating frequency is not even present in the mix. Um, it's only the original carrier signal plus the sidebands that are generated from the frequency modulation. And you can see how you start to get more of a rich palette of frequencies that then you can shape with filters and envelopes and things like that.
And of course, you can kind of get carried away and create things like this. Those last couple of examples came from the Prophet 12, which I picked up recently. And if you've been listening, you know I've been wanting it for a while. So anyway, um, it doesn't really show off what the Prophet 12 can do. I'm planning to get into that in another episode. But it does show um, what you can do when you start to combine waves with frequency modulation. And the Prophet 12 actually has a couple of different modes. The first one I showed was linear, and it sounds a little more tame. The exponential mode, that second one, you can really create a lot of strange sidebands. And if you want to start filtering off the sidebands, you can do that with the low-pass filter to get rid of the higher, um, the upper sidebands. And then if you need to get rid of the one, the frequencies that appear below the main frequency, you can use the high-pass filter to do that and combine the two of them to kind of create a bandpass filter. So all of those examples so far don't really uh, give you a sense of what is useful about FM synthesis. Um, so I'm going to play a few samples here that are some sort of typical FM-ish sounds that you might hear. Okay, those sounds were from the Native Instruments um, instrument, FM8, which replaced its FM7, which is modeled after the DX7, the Yamaha DX7, which is really the synth that made FM synthesis famous. And while I have said that um, there are typical sounds that you think of when you think of what can be made with FM synthesis, really... It runs the gamut. Uh, just playing through the presets that come with FM8, there's all sorts of big, huge pads and moving um, basses and really nice percussive sounds. Um, so really anything is possible, just like with any other type of synthesis. It's not limited to the metallic sounds that we came, that I talked about earlier. That's really just what you end up with if you take the FM portion of the synthesis to the extreme and really, really uh, apply a lot of F uh, frequency modulation, you end up with a lot of excess uh, frequencies, uh, harmonics, that makes that metallic sound. But you don't have to modulate the frequency to the extreme like I did in the earlier examples. In most of those presets that I just played, there's just really a touch of FM synthesis added to an already beautiful sound. And that brings me to my next topic, which is operators. This is a term that you'll see if you look at the specs of the Yamaha FM synthesizers. And it's kind of confusing. Uh, up until this point, we've talked a lot about oscillators. And now we have these things called operators. And what's the difference between the two? More or less, you can kind of consider them the same, but that's that's really an oversimplification, but in the line of FM synthesizers, you might see something uh, called a four operator synth or a six operator synth. The operator consists of the oscillator itself plus an envelope and a filter and 
could be other things. An operator is really uh, an enclosed synthesizer in and of itself. And then what they do is they arrange those operators into algorithms that then you assign one operator to um, frequency modulate another operator and so on. And they can be arranged in all sorts of different kinds of orders and feeding back into each other. And it gets really complex. And this is why there's kind of this standing joke that if you get your hands on a used DX7, it's most likely going to still have the factory presets loaded because they were so incredibly difficult to program. And Yamaha in the day really took advantage of that and provided a lot of sound libraries that you could load into the DX7 or into their other line of FM synthesizers. In fact, the whole reason that I started thinking about doing an episode on FM synthesis is because I got my hands on an SY77, another of the Yamaha FM synthesizers, and it was in really bad condition, so I started to take it apart to clean it, and I ended up taking it completely apart. And now I have a huge pile of parts that I've got to put back together. Uh, I don't have I don't have it ready so I can play it for you on this episode, but maybe it'll appear in another episode in the future if I am able to reassemble it completely. These days, however, probably the most popular FM synthesizer is actually not Yamaha's. It's the one I mentioned earlier, um, Native Instruments FM8. It's software. It's a plug-in for your DAW, and um, it comes as part of their huge collection, or I believe you can buy it separately. Personally, I think it sounds great. I have a really hard time programming it. Um, it's set up similar to the DX synthesizers where it's got operators that um, modulate each other and they're arranged in algorithms. So I'm sure that it works great for some people out there. For me, it's just kind of hard to get into. Really, software synthesizers in general are hard for me to get into, uh, but other people seem to like them, which is great. But if you're looking to get into FM synthesis, FM8 is a good option from Native Instruments. Also, Yamaha's Reface line has the DX uh, model, and I believe it has four operators. Of course, there's always the vintage Yamaha line of synthesizers, vintage digital, which is kind of funny to hear vintage and digital together, but there you go. Um, and then, of course, the Prophet 12 has FM built onto it, and there's probably a lot more. I don't know all of them, but uh, those are good options. And you could also, those of you who are into modular, you could build your own FM synthesizer. All you need is a pair of oscillators, and one modulates the pitch of the other. And I should mention that when you take the two oscillators and one of them is really detuned from the original, you're going to get more and more of those unrelated harmonics where if both of the oscillators are tuned to some relative frequency where maybe they're both playing Cs but they're an octave apart, then the harmonics are going to be sort of related. Well, they're going to be related to the original tone. Um, you'll still get the sidebands, but they won't sound as strange as if you have the two oscillators detuned from each other. So if you're looking for sort of the strange sound, the metallic clang, 
take the modulator frequency and and make sure it is out of tune with the the frequency of the carrier wave. Hope that made sense. And honestly, FM synthesis has been one of those things that has been difficult for me personally to get into. Hopefully you couldn't tell too much from the content of this podcast, but I had to do quite a bit of research to really understand what was going on. And I'm going to try to use it a little more in my work, and hopefully I'll be able to understand it a little bit better. But if you've noticed something that I've said that maybe is not quite right, or you want to push me in a better direction, be sure to contact me and let me know. I'll do a follow-up, And um, but I'm pretty sure that all the information I covered is accurate. I'm not trying to lead anyone astray. Um, but I'm, I'm sure there might be something that I'm missing. So please let me know if, if you have something that you'd like to contribute to the topic of FM synthesis, and I will add it on to the next episode. You can contact me at the website at synthlib.com, fill out the contact form, or directly just email me, adam at synthlib.com. And remember, be sure to log in to synthlib.com and start uploading patches. I've got a couple other people adding a few patches here and there, and we're starting to build up quite a user base, but I haven't seen a lot of activity yet, but I'm sure we'll get there. So thanks for listening. I hope you've learned something from this episode on FM synthesis, and go forth and synthesize. Synthesize.